to the official podcast of the Canberra Raiders. Habili off the Caesar. Now he puts a kick out. Croak is there again. Oh, Jared Croker! What a catch by the skipper! Come join us as we go Behind the Limelight. Yep. G'day and welcome to Behind the Limelight, the official Canberra's podcast. I'm Raider Nick and I'm joined by our usual podcast panellist, Ben Pollock, Tommy Logan. G'day, gents. Nick, how are you, mate? I'm good, but feeling a little bit uh, flat after the weekend. Maybe the boys might have felt flat as well. One big month of football. We had probably the game of the round, obviously the game of the round, 20,000 people there. A day with high emotion, of course, Def Australia. They were the flavour of the day, doing some wonderful things, obviously through Huawei, the jerseys, the Channel 9 cameras. But unfortunately, Manly, Desi's boys, just 18 points to 14, they got the better of us. Yeah, it was a um, it was a great day. Don't, don't get me wrong, the sun was shining. It was a wonderful crowd out there, and anytime you get um, twenty thousand to a Raiders home game, you know it's going to be a great atmosphere. So, oh, that was good as a spectacle. I didn't think the game was was great. Um, bit scrappy, bit scrappy. Twenty six penalties. It was a little bit all over the shop in terms of uh, the way that the game flowed, and that probably suited Manly a little bit. Uh, that's the way they like to play the game. They like to, they to frustrate you out of the out of the, the contest, and uh, they're very good at it. Um, so, you know, as Ricky said, um, I think he was on 360 on Monday night, he yeah. said, um, you know, credit to Des and the team, they, they were able to employ their tactics to perfection. It seems that to beat the Raiders, Tommy Logan, you've got to slow them down, slow their momentum down. They love playing on the front foot and heads-up football with their dangerous back line that can score points. And it happened, when was it, round five when we played them at Brookie? They just brought us down to their level. They outscrapped us in the ruck. And it was almost identical. We led in that first game. We also led at halftime here. And then Manly come down and, and just made a mess of it and sport the party on Sunday for us. Yeah, pretty similar to that early game. Uh, another thing that also was quite similar to the last time we played the Seagulls was uh, they lost a couple of players to injury. And the same happened again at GIO. And we just, and just couldn't take advantage of it. Yeah, obviously a few uh, controversial things throughout the game. The Jack White no try. Uh, you could probably make a case either way for that one. I don't think there's two... Too much of an argument, you know, either way on that one. I think that, you know, yeah, it did look like a try, but at the same time, I can see why they decided not to give it a try. So that's not a bad one. Uh, probably the biggest one, they would, would be the, the Jeffski offside. Mm. Um, Graham Ennisley came out this week and said that uh, it looked as though he probably was offside. Uh, and interestingly, that they, they don't check that on the bunker. So that was a new one. I, didn't, I hadn't heard that one before. So they don't do, they don't do that one, uh, that particular. Uh, Playback, so they didn't look at that angle. Um, the touch judge was right there, though, so uh, he's obviously missed it. You know, it was a split second thing, um, but you know, those are huge turning points in a game, particularly when Raiders were, I think, three, two or three plays into a, an attacking set to, to have the full momentum shift the other way. Uh, and then Joey Lailua, uh, probably brain explosion, brain, brain, brain explosion, yeah, yeah, dropped the knees into the back of. Um, the manly player on the ground there and, and has got himself two weeks to, to think about what he did. Uh, so he's taken the early plea? He's taken the early plea. Yeah, he won't be available again until round one of the finals, which, you know, is a bit of a blow. But um, having said that, we've, uh, we've seen Nick Kotrick uh, and Bailey Simonson uh, do a wonderful job this year in, uh, at right centre and w- left wing, respectively. So uh, I think they'll be up for the challenge this weekend. Well, you mentioned there, Tommy Logan, that, that kind of the pendulum swung after that. We had, as Ben mentioned, it was 10 points to four. We had a repeat set on the back of a penalty or a mistake. I can't remember. But we kind of. It was of, off penalty. I think we had a penalty. Oh, a penalty. So yeah. we had a bit of momentum there, a bit of spring in our step. And then, wow, it just changed the whole game. And unfortunately, what BJ did, it compounded 
the the situation worse. They got in front at 12 points to 10. And deep down, you could just feel Manly started to really sink their teeth into the game and really start to scrap things out. And it turned into a good game, an okay game, a final the best, type the, game. The final 20 minutes were probably the best 20 minutes of the game. Mm, yeah. uh, when, once the, the once part. fatigue came into the game and, and both teams uh, were, you know, let the game flow a little bit, that's when we probably yeah. saw the best of that game. Uh, yeah. And that's why the last sort of 10 minutes were pretty exciting because the Raiders obviously scored that try through Jerry Croker mm. after the Jack Whiten bust and then yeah. we had uh, a few opportunities right there at the end to, tr- to try and snatch a victory right at the end. But unfortunately, um, different from Melbourne the week before, we just weren't able to get that final try. Well, that's the ups and downs of the game of rugby league. A week ago, we're on cloud nine. Now we're on a cloud minus nine. But just to mention those tries, how great were those tries? It's really unfortunate. We're going to see those those trials and highlights reels for the next year or so. And it's like, gee, that was the game that we didn't win. The first one, off a wonderful break from White, and it's set up with uh, with Whitehead to, to set Croker away. And then, again, a break from Jackie White. And, wow, geez, he's stepped into his frame on the foot TV last yeah. night. They're starting to talk about the similar characteristics to Laurie Daly. And mm. I don't think that's that far off. We talked about him um, having the ability to break a game open. We've talked about that over the last few weeks. And he definitely has that. And... Uh, once again, he run. went so close to scoring the try to put us in front, uh, just just short of the line again. But you know, every time we we seem to go down to that uh, left edge in good ball, um, there's plenty of questions asked. Um, obviously, you've got a guy like Jared Croker who just knows how to score a try. Mm. Uh, Nick Kotrick was out in the wing on the weekend. We've had Bailey Simonson there in the past, and you got Jack White. And so, defences are, are starting to question: Will White and run, pass, or kick? And as a half, that's what you want. You want you want that triple threat, uh, and Jack's starting to turn into that player. And how great was that double pump? How he just slowed down the ball and mm. beautifully just gave the ball to. Oh, it's just mouth watering to know well, that that's, that's the Jack White we're going to get excited well, that's about. That's what I was talking about. There's a, the, there's a the triple future. threat. They don't mm. know whether he's he's going to run the ball, he's going to pass the ball, or he's going to kick the ball. And like, as I said, as a half, if you've got all three of those weapons in your arsenal, then you, you're going to be asking questions all the time. And, and at the moment, that's what he's doing. Well, it's, a, it's amazing what Origin can do for one's confidence. Like You guys have seen it. Everyone knows that he was that kind of kid that could kick on both feet and possess all these skills at training, but then come game day, the noise of game day, defence, that kind of stuff, you probably couldn't transfer it as well. Now he's just going out there and just mm. being himself. Yeah, that's and right. And those skills are coming out and those, those rugby league instincts of just holding up a play, holding up a pass, double pumping – getting defensive lines running out and putting people away, being damaging and scoring tries. Mate, we're going to need it this weekend. Uh, Obviously, we play the Sharks, who are coming off the back of a big win against the the Warriors on the weekend. Huge emotion for them this week. Massive. It's going to be a sellout. I think I saw before there was a handful of tickets left. ScoMo Um, will be there. ScoMo will be there. (laughs) It's Paul Gallon's last game. They're wearing the Gallon tribute jersey. It's it's going to be all about them this weekend. So (laughs) this is a a huge opportunity for us to go down there and say we're ready for finals Mm -hmm. with a win against the Cronulla because, as I said, everything's going to be about them on the day. Um, I doubt we'll... We'll get much favours in the middle. The crowd will be, you know, baying for blood, and uh, and they'll be looking to send Gallad on a on a high note from home. So, look, we have to be on our game again this week. Uh, put that performance against Manly behind us and move on. Tommy, just from one to seventeen, there's strength. There's no weakness anywhere. There's experience all over the park. Where do we beat them, mate? I think it's not really sort of a case of where we can sort of beat them, but it's just more based upon ourselves, you know. We, we're just going to have to turn up and just play our game. And then record the rest, down there, the rest will take care of itself. Yeah, pretty healthy that, record. We had that, we had that um, strange record where the opposition team won at the other one's home ground for a number mm. of years, and that was broken for the first time, I think, last year. So um, we need to 
Yeah. Yeah. I think I think if we can sort of I guess nullify Fafita, um, that will go a long way in determining. You've got to win the middle against Cronulla, mm. no doubt about it. They that's where they that's where they're their best is when they're they're charging down through the middle of the f- third of the field. Yeah, Fafita, Gallon, they've got uh, Braden Ueli off the bench who scored a try against us uh, earlier in the season. He scored a good individual try. He was, about, he was great. about 20 out on the weekend as well. Fafita, as Tom mentioned, um, he's, he's, looks like he's overcome that knee problem that he's yeah. been carrying and he, he looked very good on the weekend. So, If you don't control him in the middle, that back line can just run havoc. You know, you've got blokes like Dugan, you've got uh, Morris in there. And Bronson Cherry. Bronson Cherry. Quick off the mark. Probably, probably the fastest the man in the game. I think, I think, I think they're, whilst their back line's quite strong in attack, I think they do have a few weaknesses in defence. So I think if we can sort of really target their outside backs and, you know, sort of run almost over the top of them, I think we'll, we can sort of get up over them there. Righto. Three duck eggs last Another week. Another couple of duck eggs for us all. We all went for the front rowers. and We all went no, for the middle no one thirds. saluted. And no one ain't got any chocolates for us. But this week's a whole different ball game. Whole enchilada, round 24 at Shark. I'll call it Shark Park, the big game. We'll start with you, Tommy Logan. What do you got for us, mate? Yeah, I think I've got a feeling Nick Kotrick's going to move back into the centres and he's going to have a big game. He scored three tries this year, Nick Kotrick. Yeah, I think I think he, I think he's just due. And I think I can see him going up. I think it's against Bronson and Cherry. I think, mm. I think he'll I think he'll nice get a, match up there. I think he'll get the better of them. Two young guns, but I think Nick's going to get, get one over him. I was going to go, was gonna go oh, the same way, sorry, but I'm going to have to you change the same stuff if you have no, to. No, 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 I'm going to go, um, I, like I said, you can sense it's been coming the last couple of weeks. We just talked about it um, at length there, but Jack Whiten, I think <laughs> this week. Was that yours? We'll take oh, on yours. No, that's so okay. I'm going Jack Whiten <laughs> to this week finally finally crash over and, and secure a crucial try for us. I'm just, I'm going to keep my same stuff and back see you for a try. Another prop forward going for an early try for a really good uh, Raiders win. <laughs> Performance. Welcome to the podcast, Nigel Ashley Jones. Thank you, boys. Good Mate, to be here. I just want to ask, <laughs> captain's run on the weekend. You're very involved in there. How does it work? Ricky just gives you that responsibility. You take care of the boys on captain's run day, on warm up. Exact role in your responsibilities. Um, pretty much, you try and be out of the way, but still, I mean, pretty much the whole thing. Once we get to the season, is the remit for my department is to try and be in the shadows. Still do your job without being noticed. So, you know, if you want to go strip it back to we have certain metrics that we like us not to go over. But again, when Ricky, Ricky and I have worked together a long time now, he's pretty much he's so accurate with what we would recommend, as in meters or high speed meters or length of session. You know, specifically talking the captains, well, Ricky's mate. He's unbelievable. He's like he's got his own little clock in there. So how strategic is that? Like you can't over, you can't burn out too many petrol the day before. Is it really? Is everything calculated the day before? Oh, just the weeks the whole before. Week, yeah, the whole week. Yeah, I mean, pretty much this week. You know, I, and that's all on you. Well, it is my department, but yeah, yeah. pretty much on me. So if it doesn't go right, I'm the one that gets the pump. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's just the way sport has gone, and and mm. you know, I've been lucky enough to have a long career, and that's just how it's evolved, and. But the thing with, with the Canberra Raiders is, and I'm not, you know, I'm not pointing fingers or anyone, we, again, go back to we don't want to be noticed. We Everything's in place. We, ha- we have science backing what we've done forever. Mm. But the science is getting greater. But I still got to keep it back. I still got to – Ricky doesn't want to be a scientist. He needs us to interpret the science so that it makes the football team more accurate, more accountable, better. But – Again, you don't want it to be like blokes running around with lab coats on. That's yeah. right. Well, Rick has said this in the past. He said that, uh, you know, 
you've got all the stats and science and stuff in the world, but at the same time, in rugby league and coaching, you still need to have that gut feel. And Absolutely. that's a, that's a, the balance that you've got to try and find. And Nod, you guys have tinkered with a few things this year and uh, not that you've pulled back what you do, but you've uh, you've incorporated a little bit about that gut feel with the playing group as well. Um, you guys have discussions with the senior leaders around training loads and travel days and all that type of stuff to try and get the best fit um, to back up the science but also get the best out of the team mentally. Is that, is that a fair assumption? Absolutely, Ben. I mean, there's a couple of things where uh, we use the word defeated, but it's not defeated, where we go, this is the best case scenario. Say, for example, a two o'clock kickoff in Sydney, you know, we recommend that it's better to go the day before. We do a captain's run up there and all that. But uh, this, as Ben, you've just alluded to, certain players with the with families they don't they prefer to be in their own beds for one more night, keep the families happy, and then we go up. The counter argument to that is okay. Well, that's the situation. So we put a cryotherapy session in as we arrive at the hotel, which you know believe helps their sleep so it's push it's shove it's push pull i should say it's negotiate the science the, the problem with science is it's not a hundred percent right mm-hmm. even you know going to the moon there's still a, a, a chance of hitting something else up there you know it's just and this is what some blokes get carried away i guess probably more experience than age helps me keep it there mm. you know and yeah, so you've got to be so careful. But the beauty of football and probably football or rugby league football, NFL, um, maybe your Gaelic, Gaelic footballs, rugby union a little bit has probably gone a little bit further than us. There's still that, that uh, feel. Mm. There's still less science involved because of the brutality of it. And it's still, hey, it's still gladiatorial. And I, I, whether that's... Why it's still a little bit less scientific as your AFLs, I don't know. But it's it it is what it is. But it's yeah. also you got it's very important. As Ben mentioned, you got to get the human element in there as well. You don't want them like lab coats and, and robots running around that just another number in the spreadsheet. It's Absolutely. important that, especially with this young generation, how much of your say goes into the program. You mentioned you've been working, you've been at the club for a while, you've been yep. working with Stick for a long, long time now. He probably gives you more and more trust, saying you just take him, you just take him, and respects and trusts what you bring in. Do you well, bring in lots of stuff, especially during the off-season? Well, you do your job. He expects us to do his, to do our jobs, and, and that job is to innovate as much as you can for a positive um, effect, but our philosophy is in place from day one. So the whole thing we're now is getting putting icing on the cake Every single year, you know, and again, without sounding like a cynic, things haven't changed much, mm. right? Your philo- if, you, if you keep changing your philosophy, you don't know what you're doing, okay? It's only about the icing, mm. you know, and, and um, every year we'll, we, we tend to do a trip somewhere or, or – but we're constantly the – way, the way every industry is, not just football, is you've got you to update every day, every week. Yeah. Mm. So we're always looking for a better way of doing what we do. You're always looking for the edge. Correct. Yeah. Which is what you need to do, I suppose, to, in football terms as well, is look for that little X factor. You know, probably on, in terms of a football thing this year, it's, it's been something different, like the stripping. We've been really good at that. Mm. So that's yeah. given us an edge. Uh, defensively, we've been really good. But your job, Nigel, is to get the guys physically ready for the games, whether that be um, you know, what they're doing in, in the gym with Travis Ronaldson, what they're doing on the, on the park with your self-conditioning, yeah. or what uh, Ryan Clayton is doing with the guys in rehab, is getting the guys all together. You know, Tommy Christian's putting together all your GPS data and numbers around training and things like that and then 
you work with the, the medical staff in Conrad, Isaac and the physio team and, and the doctor. So you've got a bit of a melting pot of things that all come together to get the guys on the field at the same time. Absolutely. We, we, there's two main areas. Availability, make sure, pretty much just reiterating what Ben, you've said. Availability and readiness. Mm. Pre-season is different. You're about building capacities. It's about being every player is optimum ready to go. Then once you get to the, to the season, it's about making sure their optimum lasts forever and you don't hurt them energy-wise. It's all about energy on game day. And one of the beauty, beautiful things that we, we have at this club is that if we lose generally, we've got good energy. Mm. You know, like you look at the other day, you know, whether it was, you know, the intercept was the blame for the, the loss or something else, but the still it was energy, you know. It was always energy and it was a, we were there up until the end and that's what this club's all about. Yeah, that's been the big thing is that they've been able to be physically up for every game this year, you know, whether that be in intensity in <laughs> contact or whether it be the capacity to play out the full 80 minutes. They've yep. been in pretty much every game and I suppose that's a credit to what you guys are doing behind the scenes. Which is nice of you to say, but also it's a funny thing and, and the older you get to the, you know, I've, I've, we've, had, we've had actually statistically fitter teams on our books wow. statistically. But this year, you know, we did things a little bit different too. We, we still, you know, without sort of elaborating too much and taking too much of your time, but our testing this year, we did not taper because we wanted to whack these boys as often and as long as we could because we knew because of the way we looked, as in, you know, we lost Shannon Boyd, we lost Junior Paulo, and we had smaller guys. So the strength of the Canberra Rays was going to be actually strangle people. To yeah. get them at 80 minutes, 79 minutes and 50 seconds, and see if they can hang with us at that pace. Whereas last year, you know, we had a bigger side. It was almost like a steamroll kind of concept. Yeah. But so more aggression this year now. Absolutely. So yeah. you, you've, going back to what we said about philosophy, our philosophy is the same, but your, your personnel changes. So, you know, we kind of... Um, the preseason was tweaked a little bit. Just a quick one there. They always talk about when you what you lose in your packing size, you make up with aggression. Johnny Bateman, Corey Horsburgh. Now, yep. you mentioned ready before being the operative word. They talk about NRL coaches and Ricky's mentioned it publicly a few times, where you just kind of get a feel how the group is. Yeah, gee, they feel a bit off flat today, but you know it's been a really poor week of training. They've gone out and, and beat the Melbourne Storm. You obviously get that feel as well because you've got them before pre-game. You've got yeah. them, you know, you're probably the first to get them in front of the crowd there when they're, you know, out in the field. Do you get that gut feel as well? You go, geez, uh, oh. we get, I go right today, or geez, we're going to smash them today. Do you know what? Yes, but now the warm-up, no idea. We've had some of our greatest victories, and you think, you know, I remember the other day I said to um, one of our staff, I said, oh, geez, they're quiet, or oh, I don't know, what do you reckon? And they're awesome. Mm. You know, um, it's generation yeah, thing. Well, it's a basic yes, but the, the game day warm up now means nothing except mm. for obviously getting the, the warm. preparation wise. Yeah, like mm. I said, some days have been on and we've come up with a poor performance. Some days you've been really quiet in the warm up and they've come up with a great performance. So the the you're right what you're saying. All week you kind of get of a sniff, but now game day I'm kind of like, well, you know what. No idea. Let's get <laughs> let's get the game on. Because they talk about sometimes. I, you know, I feel that you can you can feel you can in the first ten minutes how yes. they're going to go. And I, I think for the majority of the games this year, you know that they're up for the challenge. Yep. There's only yep. been a couple of times where you thought, oh, geez, they're not they're not yeah. doing well here today. Cow, Cowboys at home was one. They yeah. were a bit, you know, we missed an opportunity. Early. Did you feel something before the game there? Uh, I can't remember exactly, but it wasn't massive. But no, um, but they, they, yeah, all the talk and energy around that yeah. pre-game was like mm. as it is. It's it's pretty standard. But 
Um, some days it just it just doesn't come together. But uh, I suppose Nigel, it's about making those days few and far between. Yeah, we've got a good bunch here and a good, very good. You know, it's an overused word, but our culture here is pretty good. Everyone expects everyone to be consistent. Everyone highs, um, holds our standards pretty high. So it's pretty easy, and it's it's you know I've been in teams where you haven't got that. And it's pretty, you know, you're you're the puppeteer, and it's pretty hard. Whereas this this side's a pretty easy team to coach. Do you have a health tip for us? What's your best health tip, mate? Health tip: <laughs> uh, don't coach football. <laughs> uh, oh, mate, you know you get you get a lot of um, you get a lot of questions, and everyone's looking for the. Potion. It's the same in football. Football is always looking for the shortcut and the potion, but there's the only true ingredient is hard work, and and um, that's where you know, without sounding like a philosopher, I think I really hope this football team gets gets the success it deserves um, because they have worked so hard and they believe. And as Ricky always says, just as hope we don't get any bad luck, you know. And I think we'll give it a shake. Yeah, well, mate, all the best of luck for the weekend down there at Cronulla. It's going to be. And one hell of an atmosphere down there yeah. in Shark Park and always a tough game. But we appreciate you coming in and having a chat to us. No, you guys do a great job. Appreciate you having me on. Fire him up, Nigel. Fire him up, mate. Cheers, bud. Celebrating the 30th anniversary of the Green Machine's epic 1989 Grand Final victory. G'day, it's Raider Nick, and this week we speak to a guy who was the opposition captain on grand final day. Of course, Australian and state of origin representative for the Balmain Tigers, the lock forward and the skipper. But unfortunately, uh, got beat by the better team on the day, our mighty Raiders. The guy they called Junior. As we go back in time to 89, Balmain skipper, Wayne Pearce. G'day, Nick. 30 years ago, eh? Wow. 30 years ago, I spoke to Blocker this year. I also spoke to Ciro. It seems like the 89 Grand Final is is a demon that hasn't been processed yet. It's still one big bag at the back of the aisle. That's uh, it could be a sensitive issue, and I know it, it is with Ciro. How is it for you, Junior? Oh, no, actually, it, 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 it hurt for a long while. We had a we had a good um, back when the Tigers won the comp in 2005. The West Tigers, that is. Mm. The, um, we there was a news limit that got a whole crew of us together, and we went and watched the game. We talked about it, and they, they, they did the story on it. But I thought that was really good because we had a look back at the game. I'd never watched the game since wow. um, since the grand final. It was the first time I watched it, and I mean, I was just amazed at the quality of the game, the speed of the game, um, and just generally the the um, you know the spectacle that the fans raved about that I didn't quite get because. You know, I was looking at it through a lens of a loss, but um, on, in, on reflection, it was yeah, it was just an amazing uh, performance from from two teams that were were littered with with internationals. And uh, yeah, there was certain you know, it certainly highlighted the fact that um, there were quite a few things went against us, and, and um, Canberra just had a little bit extra as as the the game went into extra time. You know, they had a bit more in the tank than what we did. What was the week like, if you can remember, Junior? I mean, you guys in 88, you lost the Bulldogs, and they always talk about back then you had to lose one to win one. So 89, following that kind of circumstance, it would have been a good opportunity for you guys to take it out. What was the week like in preparation? Yeah, it was Yeah, it was, it was a, a really good build-up because, as you pointed out, the previous year, we came from a playoff situation, a midweek playoff to get into the finals, and then... Mm. 
we won all the games up to the grand final and then we just weren't good enough in the grand final. We were, we were pretty much legless because we'd had such a pretty tough campaign. But the second year, so that was 89 against Canberra, we were the first team in the grand final. We had a week's rest. Um, it was, an, uh, it was a, a really good build-up. Uh, we were sharp. So, you know, the, the, the lead-up to the game was was fantastic. I mean, we we had, um, we, you know, we, we, were, we were really confident. And, and, you know, the game started well for us. It just didn't quite finish so well. One guy that did take his opportunity was a guy down here, a young Bradley Clyde, who, who grew up idolising Brett Kenny. And without embarrassing you there, Wayne, he idolised yourself. He idolised Dwayne Pierce. And then to match up against him in the, in the same jumper, and for not to not just have a good game, he got the Clive Churchill medal. How does the Wayne Pierce feel that you had this young kid that kind of idolised you coming through and playing for a, for a club that was fairly new and you know from a district that wasn't known to say Sydney circles of rugby league outside the city metropolitan? Does that make you feel good inside? Oh, oh absolutely. You know, to be able to play against the calibre of player that um, Bradley Clyde is um, is something that that um, you know I, I sort of treasure. Um, for me. When you can, even though he was a young guy coming through, there were plenty of raps on him, and he was, he was certainly um, a very big, mobile, um, quick fella. So for me, you know, it, it, it's I love the opportunity of playing against quality players, and you know, he had an outstanding game that day, and he thoroughly deserved the, the Clive Churchill Medal, and and he went on to you know play a lot of Origins, a lot of Test matches, and I mean, it wasn't for for injury. Um, he, he could well have been an immortal because you know, he just suffered a hell of a lot of injuries. Um, and, but he was, not, notwithstanding that, he, he still showed just what a great player he was. Without delving into the delving further down in regards to the emotional side of things, it was back to Ciro when he mentioned he exited stage left during a, a Mad Monday party because he knew he had to go and work and he actually couldn't wait to go to work to get away from it all because he was so, so bummed about the result. And Blocker said he kind of moped around in bed for a couple of days. Can you remember how you processed and reacted to the loss of, of 89? Oh, it was it was quite, um, yeah, it was quite weird really. I mean, we, we went um, back to the, to the club and the club was, was packed. Uh, even though we lost, the club was packed. and um, But it just felt... From my perspective, it just felt hollow and shallow because, you know, we we, we, we all felt like we let the the fans down, and um, you know, I can't remember the the, the Mad Monday, so, so to speak, um, which is unusual because I don't drink alcohol. But mm. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, I just, I just, but I do clearly remember the the club and the you know, the fans. They were trying to make us feel good because obviously they knew we were. We were pretty low, having lost the grand final, but um, but it was yeah, it was it was uh, yeah, it was really really devastating to to have to um, to have lost the game under the circumstances that we lost it. You know, being in front at half time, and with a few couple of minutes to go to full time, we were still in front, and then go at extra time and lose. Touted as uh, the most the best grand final so far in rugby league circles, and it was a wave of of a brand new wave of new players coming through, not just new players, of course, the emergence of Bill Harrigan, the emergence of the Laurie Daly's, the Ricky Stewart's, the Glenn Lazarus's. And, and yeah, those. I mean, I mean, I just think, as I said, I watched the replay there once back in 2005 and um, um, I, I didn't realise, you know, there's only a, probably a handful of players that didn't play international football. Mm. Um, so 
the standard the standard was just incredibly high, and I don't know if that'll, that sort of standard will be repeated. But uh, but out of that, you you learn lessons, you know, and and um, we we didn't we didn't there was a couple of critical opportunities that we didn't take, and and um, it, we sort of we lived to to, uh, to fight another day. We didn't end, end up winning, we didn't win a premiership. Subsequent to that, I only played one more year and I retired as well. But um, it was still, you know, I'd, I'd rather have, have played in a grand final. I practiced gratitude. I'd rather have played in a grand final than, and two grand finals, uh, even though we lost them. But, but not some great players have never played in a grand final, so they don't really understand what that experience is like. And at least I had the opportunity and, and we're beaten by, um, by an amazing team. That's football for you. Wayne Pierce. thank you very much for joining us. I hate to, to dig up old stuff. Pleasure to talk to you. And really privileged to talk to yourself, a busy man, but also the rest of you Tigers guys are giving us the time to reminisce back uh, as we go back in time to 89. Yeah, no, no. It was, Canberra were a great, great team. They went on to have, to have some, um, have, have really an amazing decade. And um, and I, I wish, wish the Raiders all the best in this year's campaign. How do you see the boys going this year? Oh, no, I think they're, I think they're, they're going to be one of the teams to beat without a doubt. Obviously, they're, they're up there and playing great football at the moment. But, you know, there's a whole new era of um, players coming through. They've got some great recruits from overseas. Uh, a bit like the Tigers of the 80s with some of those Englishmen like Courier and, and Edwards and, and Schofield at times. They've brought that, uh, that that Keith Barnes kind of vibe. Ricky's brought that down here. It's working. Yeah, there's a touch, there's a touch of that for sure. Absolutely. And um, those guys have, have really added another dimension because with the, the English players have just got a, little, got, got a knack of finding space that, because they think about outside the square as opposed to the players that uh, come up through the systems in Australia. So, you know, I think that there's a real spark that comes with, with those guys and, and Ricky's getting the most out of them. He's, um, he's, he's had an amazing year as coach as well. They also love the cold weather down here too. It's like summer for them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll leave you to that. <laughs> nice to talk to you, Junior. Cheers. All right, Nick. See you next See you Thanks a lot. Bye.